Wolf and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Well, a uh, pretty big development in the NBA last night. The Warriors playing the Celtics, and I don't even know how you would describe this. Marcus Smart just kind of bold Steph Curry over going for a loose ball. And um, the Celtics ultimately won the game. That doesn't really matter. It snaps Golden State's winning streak, but it doesn't. Nobody thinks Golden State's going to catch the Suns. I think that's more of a, a matter of Golden State if they get the two seed or the three seed. We heard Draymond Green the other day say even that doesn't really matter. They're gearing up for the playoffs. Except, Wolf, you get the report today from Sham Sharania that Warriors star Stephen Curry has been diagnosed with a sprained ligament in his left foot that will sideline him indefinitely. Sources tell The Athletic uh, at Stadium X-rays on the foot return negative Wednesday night, meaning no fracture or major damage, a sigh of relief. That's a lot for one tweet. No, that is. That is good right there. I'm happy to hear that because I, I hate to see that, especially to good pros. And when I say a good pro, I'm not just talking about a, a great player. I'm talking about a guy that is a pro. And Steph Curry, to me, is a pro's pro all the way through. Always has been, and I think he always will be. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it, <laughs> this is where you kind of find out where you are. It, it, certainly for a fan base. I mean, if if Steph misses the playoffs. That's it, and the Suns are going to the NBA Finals, right? I mean, I don't know where you come out on this, but to me, to me, there's basically there's the Suns, and then you know maybe Golden State could win the title, maybe Brooklyn. I mean, they never, they still have not played a game with this new big three together yet, but maybe Brooklyn, maybe Philadelphia. Like I'm stretching, and I guess you got to give Milwaukee their due too. And if you're going to stretch, I would also say Ja Morant. Okay, <laughs> okay, just Ja. Just I'll just throw write just Ja in there, right there, <laughs> honestly. But I mean, if Steph's hurt, that's it for the Warriors. If he's missing, if he's missing the playoffs, now it sounds like maybe he isn't. But out indefinitely is not what you want to hear if you're a Warriors fan. And, and where it comes down, if you're a, a fan of another team, especially the Suns, I don't want Steph missing. I want the Suns going through Steph and the Warriors. And maybe that's crazy. Maybe may, I'm sure there are people driving around like, no, no, <laughs> Luke, you're an idiot. If Steph isn't playing, the Suns are going to the finals. After everything hey, that the Suns went through last year, like I want to go through the best of the best. Okay, a couple of things right now on everything you just said right here. First of all, Marcus Smart. It was not dirty. It was not a dirty play. Marcus Smart was not trying to be dirty. He was just playing like Marcus Smart, as far as I'm concerned. That that's number one. I just want to say that. Yeah. Get that out of the way. He was he was competing. That's what he was doing. Is he aggressive? Is he sometimes overly aggressive? Yes, he can be, but I don't think there was any malice. Any bad intent whatsoever from him. I think he was just out there doing it. I will tell you, when I saw it, it was wow. Seeing it live and then seeing it on a replay was even worse. Looking at it right there, I think that Golden State and Steph Curry basically dodged a big bullet last night. Based on how that looked. And what could have happened? The MRI saying he's okay. There's nothing that is busted in that. So that is great news for Golden State, no doubt about it. To your other point, um, I, I think 
somehow, some way, Steph Curry being removed from the lineup for, for the Warriors would not allow them to beat the Suns. I'm with you on that. Yet at the same time, I'm all about prove it. I am all about prove it. It, it just everybody's got a chance, especially a team like Golden State with a coach they have in Steve Kerr and, and their team. Yeah, okay, they don't have their best player in Steph Curry. <sighs> Sometimes... Sometimes that can do some weird things to a team and compel a team and propel a team when they don't have their best player. Um, Yes, the facts might catch up to you. The reality of the situation could catch up to you, but I'm never going to count out a professional basketball team that has Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to count that group out ever. I think, you know, like you're saying, the prove it mentality, um, I, I generally subscribe to that anyway, but it's it's exponential when you have a team like the Suns have. I truly believe the Suns and the Warriors in the best of seven series, everybody at full strength, is, is a great series, and I think it's one the Suns win. I, I do. Um, but Golden State, as we've said over and over, is the one team that would scare me. But, I mean, when your team is your team is seven and a half, eight games clear of everybody, and they've been that way all season, it's not like the Suns have been healthy all season really at all. Um, if you uh, if you believe your team's going to win anyway, I'd rather just I'd rather just Suns Warriors both at full strength. Let's let's figure this out. Let's see who is the better team in 2022, not in 2017, but in 2022, who is the better team? And the other aspect to this that can't be ignored is how Suns fans and the Suns themselves have still had to hear about. Yeah, well, you know, Denver didn't have Jamal Murray. We just heard it this week. Well, yeah, the Lakers didn't right. have Anthony Davis. That's right. If Golden State didn't have Steph Curry, that actually would be a difference maker. <laughs> so if if you, I mean, how many times have we heard the Suns or their players say like, "Yeah, we want every franchise record. We want to do. We're out. We're avenging every loss we have this season." You want to do it all the way. You also that includes, I believe, playing Golden State at full strength. Yeah, you're right about that. Listen, um, there's a lot of times, and I've said this over and over and over this year about the Suns. It's about how the Suns play. So much of the time, whomever they're playing, I don't care who it is, it's about the Suns and how they play. Because if the Suns play up to their standard, you're not going to beat them. You're not going to beat them, especially in a seven-game series. You're not going to beat them. If they play up to their standard, you're not going to beat them. Except for Golden State. I was going to say. Except for Golden <laughs> Steph's State. That's the one I'm, guy. I'm with you on this. Yeah. But that includes Steph Curry. Well, I, I think it doesn't just include Steph. Yeah, I mean, it's it's built around him. Because when you're talking, you're saying if the Suns played their best game, nobody's going to beat them. Nobody's going to beat them. I completely agree with you, except somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, but okay, but what if Steph goes off for 50? Because he can do that. He, he, can he do could that. do it three times he in a series if you're not careful. Now, he'd have to deal with Mikel Bridges, too. And not only that, though, the Warriors have a supporting cast. They have a culture as well. Yeah. They do. They, they can play defense. Draymond Green is the Energizer Bunny for them. That's what he is. And he's so much of their culture as well. So, yeah, you know, again, with every other team, at least coming out of the West, I'd say, with every other team, it is about how the Suns play. If the Suns play up to their standard, they're going to win the game, especially in a seven-game series. Like I said, they're going to win the series. Um, You can't say that when Steph Curry is healthy and Golden State is healthy. You can't say that. It's not, what do you always call it, Crazy Carl? Yes. It's not Crazy Carl, but it is, there's there's intangibles. John Morant. 
is Crazy Carl. <laughs> John Moran. I hope his middle name's Carl. I'm going to have to find that out during the break. But but Steph is that sort of intangible where some nights he'll just go off. And yes. that would make it a series. And that would make it a, okay, you might be down 2-1 in this series. And you're going to have to fight back. And Golden State, every time we talk about how no team has beaten the Suns twice, Golden State has. That's the one team that has done it. So would it be a much easier path for the Suns if Steph Curry was hurt? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a much easier path uh, for everybody. Real quick, here's Steve Kerr with uh, with his injury update last night on Steph. Steph's getting an MRI right now. It is the top of his foot? Yeah. Is there, I mean, what's the concern level? Um, well, we'll know after the MRI. Um, you you were upset with, with Marcus Smart pretty clearly. Just, you know, what is your take on that play and what went down? Uh, I I thought it was a dangerous play. I thought I thought Marcus uh, dove into Steph's knee, and I and that's what I was upset about. Um, a lot of respect for Marcus. He's a hell of a player, gamer, um, competitor. I coached him in uh, the World Cup a few summers ago. Um, we talked after the game. Um, so, you know, we're, we're good, but I thought it was a dangerous play, and you know, just let him know. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I totally understand the conundrum that Steve Kerr would be in right there. Uh, he respects Marcus Smart. Yet at the same time, it's a dangerous play. Yeah, okay, it is a dangerous play. It's an aggressive play. It's part of competition as well. Sometimes that's what happens. When you go out there and you play with 100% and you're competitive... It might look dangerous because it is dangerous, yet at the same time, it's not irresponsible. And and it is Marcus Smart. That's not something he just did last night because he saw Steph Curry near him. You know, it's not. And really, Steph being injured, if you want to go down the conspiracy path, probably doesn't really benefit Boston a whole lot. The only way it would even help them at all is if they both got to the finals. Uh, the weather is getting warmer. Arizona Sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you that two seconds is too long to take your eyes off your kids around water for life-saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA Tech Swim to 620-620. we come back, does the Cardinals edition of Jeff Gladney mean they are set at corner? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Okay, we got into the Jeff Gladney stuff a little bit yesterday, Wolf, because it, it did break during our show. And, you know, we talked about a lot of his background and, and how he's gotten to the point now where the Cardinals are signing him. And then uh, Gambo tweeted out something after our show yesterday that uh, that this isn't just like a depth move. I'm trying to find the exact tweet, but it was the, this isn't just a, a depth move for the Cardinals. This is, this is their guy. Like, Jeff Gladney's going to play in there depending on him, which, you know, is a conclusion I think we, we kind of came to yesterday during the show. You don't go out and add this guy just as like, uh, hey, he'll be there in training camp and we'll see what he can do. They clearly made a move on this guy who, to this moment, is still the only guy they've actually added in free agency because they they believe he can do something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is something that we were talking about from a purely football perspective. When you look at the athlete that is Jeff Gladney, oh my goodness, it's not even close. 
I mean, this kid has got everything that you'd want out of a guy that can come in and be a difference maker in that cornerback room. He's 5'10", 196 to 200 pounds, somewhere in that vicinity right there. This is a guy that is a willing tackler, not only a willing tackler, but a very competitive tackler. This is a guy that has got that competitive gene where he's got the veritable chip in his heart. It's not on his shoulder. It's in his heart. It's one of the reasons why he was drafted in the first round out of TCU. There wasn't a lot of fanfare around Jeff Gladney when he was drafted, but I will tell you right now, man, this kid is a massive competitor. Well, he's somebody they liked going into that draft, which does set my mind at ease a little bit. This is not them just looking around and saying, okay, well, this guy's available. What do we know about him? If they liked him going into the 2020 draft, there's at least some consistency there in your approach. Gambo's tweet from, from yesterday was, newest Cardinal Jeff Gladney had interest from 12 teams, including the Rams and 49ers. The Rams are in on everybody. Is expected to be a starting corner for Arizona, not a depth guy. So, I mean, I, I said this yesterday, that where I, where I come out on this is, I don't dislike the move. I like, I, I mean, you're not paying, I'm assuming you're not paying him very much. Um, and this, there's a lot of upside here. There's, you may have found your guy. You may have found your number one corner, for all we know. But as we sit here on March 17th, we just don't know. So I'm hoping they go out and add at least another corner. I would prefer a vet because this has got to be one of the youngest cornerback rooms in all of football. Yeah. But um, there's upside. It's just at that position, it's also an unknown right now. So right now, you're looking at a very young corner room. And ooh, man, that is dangerous, is it not, in the National Football League? It is a dangerous thing, yet... At the same time, even as I say that, if these young corners go out and play up to their capabilities, play up to the expectation level the Cardinals have, man, you may have a room to last the ages, so to speak. Yeah. With Byron Murphy, of course, as your one right now, Byron Murphy, and then you've got Marco Wilson, and now Jeff Gladney. Two really young corners right now. That is a scary proposition in the National Football League. Okay? That's a scary thing to me. Young corners, they can make a huge impact early. And the reason being, especially in Vance Joseph's defensive scheme, you got that guy. Man cover. Yeah. You got man cover. A lot of man cover. Hey, you know what, Marco? Line up and you got that guy. Jeff Gladney, line up, that's your guy right there. A lot of times, a rookie corner can really make an impact. A rookie, co- a young corner developing can really... Hey, we saw it with Marco Wilson We saw Wilson it with Marco Wilson, year. and that, that, is, that is what I would say. The Cardinals front office has earned, at this position, a little bit of, of, of trust of like, they if they see something in this guy, they really hit on Marco Wilson where they got him. And that was not a first-round pick. That was a fourth-round pick. Yeah, I mean, a, a rookie corner, a young corner can really make an impact early because there's not a lot of cer- uh, cerebral work that is involved in this. Not a lot of it. You got that guy. There's not a lot of growing for the most part. So, um I'm pretty excited about this because, again, I I know this kid started 15 games his rookie year. I know that he is a competitor extraordinaire. I know that he's one of these guys that has the ability to go out and play man cover. That encourages me. Yet at the same time, anytime you're talking about a young guy and a man cover scheme, 
You're talking about double moves and just learning to understand that he's going to make mistakes at some point in time, and maybe that mistake might cost you a game. Yeah, Byron Murphy, you mentioned him. He's the old guy of the group. He just turned 24 a month and a half ago. Think about that, man. He's the old guy. Oh, my goodness. How young is that corner room? Now, you're right. That that is maybe that or maybe running back. I mean, those are positions you don't mind being young at. Those two. I don't dislike the move, but of those three guys, you have... Well, Throw the edge guy in there. We might the be throwing the edge guy in in like there a month and a half. Hey, line up, rush the quarterback, will you please? <laughs> you just go hit that guy, all right? Okay, we're not playing a lot of zone. Forget about it. Just go get the guy. That guy with Thank the you. ball, just hit him. Sit on and shut it, by the way. Five five years of combined NFL experience between Gladney and uh, Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy. So that's <laughs> not... I would just feel better if they brought in a vet as well. Now, I, I understand okay. they're probably not bringing in Stephon Gilmore if he just went out inside Gladney because... <laughs> <laughs> then where 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 can you maximize his okay, upside? But good. I want somebody else that's playing the league a little bit there. Okay, you just need somebody else anyway for death. Right now, um, they just bring somebody in, uh, Robert Alford. I'm going to call Ro- Robert Alford and say, we're going to pay you the minimum once again. You interested? Bring him back. He played 14 games last year, was a difference maker when he played. It's not like this guy is pulling hamstrings and missing games. That's what happened to me. Yeah, it's not a recurring injury. My last year in the league, oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, I thank the Lord God for the opportunity to play that last year and say goodbye to the game that I loved so much. But man, I could not stay healthy. I was pulling muscles left and right, tweaking stuff. I could not. Yeah, I was shooting it up, going out and playing with a bad hamstring. Nobody shoots a bad hamstring. Trust me on that. How does that even work? Except a desperate guy who's in year 10. Playing in the National Football League. Pick me first on that one. Um, That's not what's happening to Robert Alford. This is a guy that has suffered serious injuries, tearing his pectoral last year. Played in 14 games. Again, if you're going to bring somebody in as a fourth corner or a fifth corner, a veteran guy, bring a dog in at least, please. And he's a dog. Yeah, I mean, you know what you have in him, and he was, you know, that's not a splashy move. This is the thing that kind of no. gets lost in this stuff. The Cardinals have had their off-seasons where they've made the splashy moves. You go out and get J.J. Watt, you know, every, every Cardinals fan, every football fan remembers that last year, that day when it's like, okay, is he going to Cleveland, is he going to Buffalo, is he going to Green Bay? And all of a sudden, he's tweeting out a picture of himself working out in a Cardinals shirt, and that's how you find out he's going to the Cardinals. The year before, you're trading basically nothing for DeAndre Hopkins. They have made splashes. They don't need to have a splashy offseason. It's just, it's um, and not concerning, but, but, the but they need to add pieces still. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I think they, they haven't had any splash signings right now. Yeah. Because of Kyler Murray. I think they're going to pay him. And I think it's one of the reasons why they haven't been able to do that, make any type of splash. Again, I, I don't know that. To be the case, it I don't. Makes but some sense, though, logically. Once again, I've got no problem with the Arizona Cardinals have done base and Onions, and I don't care what you think of me for that, because I know what I know. You know what you know. I know what I know. And what I know right now is they're doubling down on saying, we did something last year, and we believe it was real. And we're going to go out there and try to do it again and fix the problem of what happened in the last five, six weeks of the season. That's what they're doing right now. Do they need to get better? Oh, my goodness, they need to get better. There's no doubt about that. Yet at the same time, I think the Kyler Murray situation, I think that took them by surprise. 
I do. Well, and to Bart Scott's point, if you just want to look at it through that that small area, would you rather have Kyler Murray or would you rather have Kyler Murray and Daniil Hunter? Right. If it, if it really is like okay, we gotta we gotta we can't go out and add a big name guy or, or a you're big piece. You're gonna throw Daniil Hunter in there. Well, I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> that is you're just honestly, boy, would I love that. I, I, but, I would love but, but that. But that was Bart Scott's point of like, okay, you've got this guy on his rookie deal. This is when you're allowed to go out and, and and go out and put a really good team around him, and they have put pieces around him. But that's the trade off. If he's like, no, you have to pay me now. I mentioned this the other day. They they showed the graphic during the Super Bowl. Wolf. It was it was the last ten Super Bowl winners and what percentage of their salary cap their quarterback was eating up. And it's almost always not nearly as much as you would think. And a lot of that is because Tom Brady was winning every other year and because he was taking a lot less money because he's made a billion dollars and his wife has more than him uh, and he just wanted to keep winning. I'm not saying Kyler Murray has to do that if he wants to get paid. That's his right. He's a pretty good football player. But the trade-off is if if the team has to pay you now, they can't go out and add a Daniil Hunter or whoever else you want to look at. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, Mikel Bridges continues to step up for the Phoenix Suns. So how important has he become to their success? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, Suns win again last night, this time over the Houston Rockets. I think that was to be expected, although, Wolf, there were stretches in that game where it was pretty close. Houston... Houston played like a, I don't want to say a desperate team because Houston doesn't really have anything to play for right now either. But that that that's an interesting team because they've just got a bunch of young pieces. And you can tell Houston has some talent. They just haven't really figured out how to put it together just yet. No, you're right about that. Um, once again, very, very dangerous team to play because Houston had actually been playing a little bit better over the last five games. They were two and three. Um, they actually had beat the Lakers, but the Lakers, what a mess. Oh, man. What a mess the Lakers are. Oh, my goodness. Frank Vogel, I feel badly for Frank Vogel. I think he's a, a solid NBA coach. I'm not saying he's a great NBA coach. I think he's a solid NBA coach, yet he's abandoned all hope, ye who enter here. We've reached a point with the Lakers, and, and you know, I think the, the narrative that if Anthony Davis had played in the playoffs last year, everything changes. I, I think that's ridiculous. Like, yes. There's a lot of revisionist history there, and, and you're not looking at the full story. But I, he is a difference maker over the course of a season, and I don't even know that he could help this team, honestly. They are 12 and a half games back of the playoff cutoff line. Just brutal, like, honestly brutal to watch them play because it looks like a lot of them are quitting. It, well, just yeah. Saying. If there, if there were, if we hadn't gone to this play-in format where seven plays eight, nine plays ten, and yeah. you're play, they'd be done. They'd be done. They're Absolutely. five and a half games out of even eighth with the Clippers. So the Rockets recently, again, they beat the Lakers in the last five games. They were in two and three, and they beat the Grizzlies as well. Those two teams right there. So they're scrappy. They're gonna. To play hard. The Suns are playing the back end of a back-to-back. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, they, the warning signs were there. And yet, it doesn't matter with this pack of dogs. 
Never forget that. Jay Crowder not playing in the game. Satori Craig steps in, and this is this is absurd, okay? He steps in, he scores 21 points. All right, 14 rebounds. Okay. It's a good night. Couple blocks. Okay, well, how... Okay, but did you take a lot of shots, Tori? Like, know, know your place here. You're not coming in and taking a bunch of shots, right? Uh, he was 8 for 8. <laughs> he Did didn't miss a single for eight. shot. He was perfect eight in the for field. Eight and three of three from three. Yeah, and two of two from the free throw line. Too. How about that? Right. Okay. You had to throw in the free throw right there. The yeah. two of two. Um, Tory Craig, man. Uh, do you do you know why James Jones went out and got him again? Think about it. Right. Went out and brought him in again, and I know he made an immediate impact. But Tory Craig kind of trailed off. I don't know if you noticed. They had a little lull yeah. here, a dip in his season, if you will, and was not uh, looking very much like Tory Craig. Uh, now, all of a sudden, the arrow is pointing up once again with Tory Craig, and he looks like a difference maker once again, and will get minutes in the postseason. Uh, he said after the game, he was just trying to keep it uh, simple. I was just trying to keep it simple, man, just playing basketball. Um, take the shots that were available, be aggressive when I could. And, um, yeah, I was just playing a game. So I, there was nothing I did special to prepare for the game like this. I just do what I do normally, and then this is why I didn't play. And they asked him if he realized during the game just how good of a game he was having. I mean, you know you hit making shots and stuff like that, but you don't really think about it in a Florida game. You just worry about um, making the right plays and getting stops. But, uh Comes to the bench, guys tell me to keep rebounding, um, keep being aggressive. So you kind of aware of it, but like I said, I just went out there and I was just playing. I just love to see it. I really do. Um, in regard to Jay Crowder, right? Jay Crowder, all of a sudden, he's got a sore groin. He's got to sit out the game. That's okay. We'll take Torrey Craig and we'll insert Torrey Craig because we've got the deepest team in the association. And that's what I think they James really do. Jones has built the deepest team in the league. And Torrey Craig goes out and rewards that kind of trust from James Jones and Monty Williams. What did we hear it's from an incredible game? JaVale McGee the other day, how it's all about one through fifteen. <laughs> if your number gets called and you have to step in, okay, one Stunning. through fifteen. Um Torrey Craig, if you're going one through fifteen, would be what, like eighth, ninth? I mean, that, that's the definition of a guy one through fifteen stepping in and just being like, "Well, here's what I can offer you if you need me off the bench: fourteen rebounds, twenty one points on perfect shooting. Would that be enough? <laughs> can I give you that? That's all I can give. Not only that, just the dog mentality that he brings as well. Yeah, this is this is unbelievable to watch this and the repercussions. The reperc- <laughs> that was so good right there. The repercussions, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what that was. Something got caught in my throat. I thought you were saying Rupert Murdoch. Um, <laughs> just watching these guys play together again. And then I think of Mikael Bridges as well. And every time um, I think of Mikael Bridges, I think of Nirvana's song in bloom. I do. Because that's what he is. And that's who he is. This is a this is a cat that is in bloom before our very eyes, man. He has grown. And it's weird because there's a lot of guys, I think, that have grown. Mikal Bridges, for the most part, we all kind of looked at him as, hey, you know what? Mikal is pretty much a, a, a complete product. It doesn't mean he's not going to be a guy that is going to continue to grow. But right now, when the Suns went out and they signed him and they gave him the max deal, right? They went out and signed him and and 
They were saying, hey, listen, we, we believe you're all that in a bag of chips, and yes, you'll continue to grow, but I don't think anybody could have seen the impact of not having Chris Paul and Devin Booker for a long time as well, and watching Mikael Bridges and his profile grow exponentially during that period. Yeah, he's got that Iron Man streak going. Anytime you talk about, okay, do you, do you maybe rest some guys? When you get to Mikel Bridges' name, people are just like, yeah, no, forget it. For You're not, you're not getting Mikel Bridges to rest. Um, and, and if you're wondering, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe, okay, you got to manage his minutes, right? I'm sure Monty would like to, and he, and he has. But, uh, but last night on the second half of a back-to-back, Mikel Bridges played 44 minutes. So they asked him after the game, uh, how? Uh, I don't know. I was gonna be out there, just trying to, just trying to go out there, play hard, try to get the dub. Don't really think about it sometimes. Uh, so into the game, so I kind of forget. I think coach knows, so you kind of just at a random time, like you good, and I'm so locked in. I'm, yeah, don't take me out. I don't want to get taken out neither. So um, just, I mean, I'd rather have it this way. I'd rather play 40 minutes to zero minutes. So this is perfectly fine. You know, it's amazing about it, too, man, right there. He was plus 23 last night, plus minus, plus yeah. 23. Okay, that's that's really, really good, Basinonians, but he's had 55-plus games this season. 55. That's number one positive plus minus games in the association. Number one, Mikael Bridges. Ahead of whom? Jason Tatum. Bring a company to now be. Think in. about that. It makes sense. I mean, the guy doesn't—he doesn't allow you to score. <laughs> so if, if his team is scoring at all when he's out there, it's a pretty good chance that he's going to be in the plus. And yet he has been scoring lately. We talked about this uh, going into the New Orleans game the other day. Mikel Bridges has absolutely stepped up offensively, and he was asked about that as well. I mean, they're talking about a lot just the playoffs and finals about. You know, need another score, just in general, just everybody else being aggressive because they're going to try to take out Book and CP. So just everybody else stepping up. And, I mean, they're just – my teammates find me, man. I just – I'm out there just trying to win, uh, be aggressive on both ends. And my teammates, they look out for me. So it's not like I'm out here getting them how Book get some, gets them. So they just find me and I'm just being aggressive. He keeps playing like this, Wolf. We're going to have to forgive him for being a Rams fan. <laughs> I mean, this is the only way to do it. You know, it was interesting, too, because before Cam Johnson got hurt, we, we were watching a growth spurt with mm-hmm. Cam Johnson as well. And Mikel Bridges, it, it's these guys, these two guys. in. I, I would have to throw campaign in there as well. These three guys growing together, man, getting better. It It is... It is something nobody talks enough about. And then throw in DeAndre Ayton yeah. as well. And Booker's been getting better, too. Everybody, you know, they, they, we all have a tendency to look at Chris Paul and Devin Booker, of course. Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Nobody, okay, and DeAndre Ayton, too, because of where DeAndre Ayton was drafted. We all understand that. Um Nobody talks enough about Mikael Bridges and Camp Johnson. And their development. And now lately campaign and how well he's played. Think about what you just said, too. I mean, you, this is a team coming off a trip to the NBA Finals. Yes. And, and this was a conversation a little bit after that of the Suns can improve just by staying the Suns. And, and it was it was one of the best things that James Jones did was that offseason after the, the Finals run last year, just basically keeping the team together, adding a couple pieces, but basically keeping the team together. All those guys you just rattled off were on the team last year. Mm-hmm. How often do you get to the NBA Finals and then say, 
We don't need to add anybody. We'll just improve by our guys still playing, and they have. Just developing. Especially Bridges and Cam Johnson. I mean, all those guys you just named, but those two in particular. Uh, Coming up next, where the Cardinals stand in free agency. We'll take you through all the moves next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Okay, so maybe maybe everybody's sensitive to this, given how things have played out so far this offseason for the Cardinals, especially at the beginning of the offseason with the Kyler Murray stuff and then all the reports that, you know, this anonymous source says he's self-centered or this or that. But Wolf, we put together a, a, a sort of a, a set of clips here of guys that have re-signed with the Cardinals that are excited to re-sign with the Cardinals. This paints a very different picture than what we were hearing around the Super Bowl of, yeah, guys don't want to play there because they don't want to play with Kyler Murray. Yeah. So these are guys that played with Kyler Murray last year and wanted to come back and play again this year, starting with Zach Ertz. Obviously, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to play in this league for a long time. And when you find a good thing, you don't go looking for something else. Um, and so for me, I wanted to be here. They, they they made it known that I was a priority from the moment the season ended. And to be in a place that respects you for not only what you do on the field, but off the field as well, the way you approach the game for me it, is valuable. You can't put a price on that. Um, and so it, it truly is just something that I wanted to be here. Um, yeah, there could have been th- situations that could have been different, but I don't think any of them would have been better than this. Um, and so for me, it was just something that I wanted to get done. Uh, I'm extremely comfortable here. I have a routine now here. Um, and I'm a very kind of routine-oriented person. Um, and so w- w- kind of when I when I got into that routine late in the year, I felt extremely comfortable. My wife loves it here. Uh, and so for me, it was a no there you go. Don't make it more complicated than it has to be, right? Yeah. It's so interesting because when I was thinking about this, I, I was like, name the guy that benefits the most from the Cardinals signing Max Williams. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of people out there going, you know, the Wolf, the Max Williams thing. You just stop it. I know you're saying that. I really don't care. Max Williams probably isn't because saying that. I, I know what I know, ladies and gentlemen, and I watched the tape. And that is a bad, bad dude. Okay? So having said that, who's the guy that benefits the most? The very first name that comes to mind to me is Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz benefits the most. Because now all of a sudden, you don't have to put him on a tackle's hip and say, Hey, Zach, would you please remove that defensive end from the line of scrimmage? You don't have to do that. That can be Max's job for the most part. And now, instead of Christian Kirk in motion behind that, now you've got Zach Ertz in motion. And Zach Ertz is a willing blocker. He is. He'll try. He'll get in the way. There's no doubt about it. They count on him to be a blocker and to help out. And he's a willing blocker. But this frees him up. Doesn't mean he's great at blocking, but he's a willing blocker. And this frees him up. Yeah, this is why we were talking earlier. I I don't want to say nervous because there's a long time before even the draft. But as we sit here on March 17th, it feels like, all right, when when's the shoe going to drop? When are they going to add somebody? So far, they've only added one guy, and he was a guy that was out of the league last year. But as we were talking earlier, 
it does feel like re-signing Zach Ertz is kind of adding a piece because we never saw Zach Ertz and Max Williams play together. Oh. Because they got Zach Ertz, because Max Williams got hurt. That is a great point right there by you, Luke. Put that down in the positive category for you. Have you noticed anytime you say something complimentary of me, I completely stop talking with the hopes that they isolate that audio? Just put that in the positive category. <laughs> Good. We need to start filling that category up. They never isolate that audio, but I, I still like to leave the option. Um, James Conner. Why did he decide to sign so quickly with Arizona? He didn't even test free agency. Uh, man, Arizona, Arizona felt like home for me. So, you know, I said, well, I'll wait, you know, and, and and now I get to call it home for three more years, and I, I just couldn't be more more excited. I'm blessed. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for this organization, and, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to roll. Now, that was with us yesterday. I should probably <laughs> so, say that. That was so good right there because the second name, ladies and gentlemen, I wrote down as to who benefits the most by the Arizona Cardinals signing Max Williams. Number one was Zach Ertz. Number two, James Conner. Yeah. With more 12 personnel, James Conner is going to get the ball more between the tackles. That's what he's going to get. And you might even put his toes at six or seven yards in the Q formation behind the quarterback. Oh, yeah. James Conner, I think, is number two as to who's going to benefit the most from the signing of Max Williams. If um, you know, if you're looking for reasons of optimism of okay, maybe this team isn't as fractured as as people were making it sound a month ago. James Conner is one of those guys. He came from Pittsburgh, which is typically a pretty good situation. I know they've had their sort of ups and downs with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell over the last couple of years, but you know, James Conner. He said when he was on with us yesterday that it was. It was a uh, it was a little bit of a challenge to leave Pittsburgh, where he's played his entire career, come all the way out to the desert, and then he talked. And the fact that he wants to come back, Wolf, and, and was so adamant about it that he didn't even really test free agency, is a pretty good sign that maybe that locker room, that atmosphere last year, wasn't as bad as some people have made it sound. Now I don't know, maybe it is, but but it, that's at least an indicator that it's not quite as bad. He also talked with us about Chase Edmonds now going to Miami. Uh, man, we talked. Uh, talked as soon as, as soon as he signed. Man, I just, I'm just so excited for him. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him. You know, from the second, you know, I walked into this building. You know, even when I signed, you know, he, he was the first person, you know, that reached out to me and said congrats, and he was excited to work. You know, so that's really my brother. Um, Miami got a phenomenal person, teammate, and football player. You know, so I'm just excited for him, and I'm definitely gonna miss him. You know, two and six, I'm definitely gonna miss suiting up with him, but. Um, you know, this uh, just like me coming out to Arizona, you know, which is one of the best things for my career. You know, I'm hoping it's the same for him in his career. He can just flourish and and um, make plays and, and just be happy. So, yeah, that's my brother, and I'm proud of him. Mm, that's awesome right there. That's really, really nice. I'm going back to the Max Williams Are thing. You? Well, I am. I'm going back to it, as a matter of fact. Okay, Zach Ertz, number one, who benefited the most. James Conner, number two. Number three. Are you ready for this? You want to know who it is? Number three. Oh, let's see if I can that, guess. That, number three that benefits the most from the signing of Max I'm Williams. I'm guessing you're going to say Kyler Murray. No, the offensive oh. line. Oh, well, the offensive okay. line. With Connor getting the ball more, play action becomes so much more effective. And guess what? Protection gets better and easier for the, gut, for the butt guts when you let them come off the ball and eat. It does. 
So now all of a sudden you've got this chain reaction that is happening from the signing of Max Williams, where Zach Ertz is going to get off and play action and run down situation, where James Conner is going to be able to run the ball in between the tackles, and because of that, it's going to help the offensive line protect the next guy, Kyler Murray. Finally, you get to the quarterback in the chain reaction of Max Williams being signed and whom it benefits. You get to Kyler Murray next. Connor getting the ball in between the tackles and the offensive line eating at the line of scrimmage. Protection gets better for Kyler Murray. Period. And then finally, every receiver that is on the roster, that is going to play, is going to benefit from the signing of Max Williams. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I know there's a lot of people out there that are laughing hysterically right now, and I don't care, tough guy. I don't. Because I'll tell you right now, go back and look at the tape. The one guy nobody was talking enough about was Max Williams and what he was doing. And now all of a sudden, where you're going to move away from an 11 personnel, a three wide set to a 12 personnel with two tight ends and Zach Ertz is your guy. Yeah, that's that's a huge sighting right there. And it's going to set off a chain reaction. If Kyler Murray will just go under center, we're going <laughs> to always that caveat. We're going to have to get Max Williams on the, the show at some point. We can just call it Maximum Max, Max, Max. Whenever he like has his press conference, he's going to have to do like a week of shows with us. Um, but I don't disagree with anything you just said. I mean, there's a reason the team was undefeated when Max Williams was playing. It's not just because Max Williams was playing, but you could see. I want to see how they blend what they were doing at the start of last season into what they were doing towards the middle of last season when they brought in Zach Ertz. Not so much at the end. I don't need to see what they were doing at the end ever again. When we come back, all of today's top stories in one spot. Aaron Maloney will bring you Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It is the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.